today's scripture reading comes from Psalm 138 and can be found on page 6 of your bulletin. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bound down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of my soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretched out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Salmo 138. Señor, quiero alabarte de todo corazón y cantarte salmos delante de los dioses. Quiero inclinarme hacia tu santo templo y alabar tu nombre por tu gran amor y fidelidad. Porque has exaltado tu nombre y tu palabra por sobre todas las cosas. Cuando te llamé, me respondiste... Me infundiste ánimo y renovaste mis fuerzas. Oh Señor, todos los reyes de la tierra te alabarán al escuchar tus palabras. Celebrarán con cántico tus caminos por tu gloria, porque tu gloria, Señor, es grande. El Señor es excelso, pero toma en cuenta a los humildes y mira de lejos a los orgullosos. Aunque pase yo por grandes angustias, tú me darás vida. Contra el furor de mis enemigos extenderás la mano. Tu mano derecha me pondrá a salvo. El Señor cumplirá en mí su propósito. Tu gran amor, Señor, perdurará por siempre. No abandones la obra de tus manos. Thank you, Susie and Elmer. All right. Let us pray before we dive into this together. Let's pray. God, thank you for being here now, you're present. If you weren't, we'd be helpless because we know the biggest challenge for us right now is not just our minds intellectually understanding things that you have to say for us, but it's our hearts being open to your penetrating word, changing our lives. So we pray for a spiritual work. Please send your spirit. Uh, Please use your servant. Use me. And please uh, make your words come alive in our hearts. We need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, I was flipping through different channels on TV and came across the History Channel and found this uh, pretty entertaining and interesting uh, little special around the Thanksgiving theme, uh, where they were uh, sort of sharing little pieces of trivia, you know, little known facts about the Thanksgiving holiday, as well as uh, spending some time debunking myths about Thanksgiving, uh, things that you think you knew about Thanksgiving, but in fact are not true, and just sat there mesmerized in front of the TV and learning up on Thanksgiving. So, for example, learned a couple of things like this little piece of trivia that the Friday after Thanksgiving, so two days ago, is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. Did you know that? 
Busiest day of the year is for plumbers. Uh, sink drains are clogged by potatoes and stuffing and onion peels and bathrooms are overused by tons of house guests and we won't go there, you know, what you understand. Uh, and in fact, I saw this article where the Huffington Post sort of tongue-in-cheek referred uh, to Friday for this reason, not as Black Friday, but Brown Friday. Anyway, moving on... Um, <laughs> Uh, or this myth that I learned, uh, this myth, uh, you know, a lot of people think that turkey makes you sleepy uh, because it has a lot of this amino acid tryptophan, right? And it's something maybe you've said to yourself even on Thursday. In fact, turkey has less tryptophan even than chicken. And uh, there's probably a far simpler explanation for your post-Thanksgiving dinner drowsiness. You ate too much, right? Food coma. And that's usually uh, the more simple and accurate explanation. Uh, Another myth that I learned that evening, uh, that the original Thanksgiving feast in 1621, which our holiday is based upon, included uh, all the traditional Thanksgiving uh, courses and meals and food items that we put on the table, right? Well, actually, no, the truth is we don't know exactly all the kinds of foods that were served, according to historical record. Uh, They did probably serve corn. Uh, Arugula was common in that time, spinach as well. Uh, But sorry, there was no potato or sweet potato, Uh, most likely no pumpkin pie. Uh, The settlers probably served fish and The Native Americans, the Wampanoags, probably brought some deer meat, uh, but we don't even know if there was a turkey on the table. Uh, There are records of there being some kind of fowl that was uh, served up, uh, but it might have been turkey. It also might have been partridge or duck. But can you imagine Thanksgiving with no turkey at all? You know, uh, we don't know as much about Thanksgiving as we might think. But here's the point that I'm getting at. We could probably say the same thing about Thanksgiving, not the holiday, but the spiritual practice. Giving thanks to God. We don't know as much about showing gratitude to God as we might think, which is why we're spending two weeks studying how to give thanks using Psalm 138 as our guide. We did this last week. We're doing this again this week. Last week, we saw how true Thanksgiving is personal, is wholehearted, is humbling. But today, we're going to briefly, just briefly, look at this passage again to see what we should thank God for. What should we thank God for? Three quick things. Number one, This passage teaches us that we should thank God for who he is. Who he is. And not just what he's done for us. If you look at verse 2, it says, I bow down towards your holy temple, meaning God's presence, and give thanks to your name for what? For your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Notice how David's thanks to God here emphasizes not just the good blessings that he gives, 
But he gives thanks for God's character, his nature, his person. Talks about his name, which is sort of just this summary of who he is as our God. His steadfast love, his loyal covenant love, his faithfulness, the way he's true to his word, true to the relationship that he offers us, true to his promises. And this great statement, you've exalted above all things. Your name and your word, which means, God, you have elevated, you've made visible above everything else. Made more visible than anything else, your character and your promises. In other words, this passage is saying, don't just say to God, thank you for the meal. But thank you for your care, your provision providing for my physical needs. We taste your heart, God, in this simple meal. And it's teaching us to not just say, thank you, God, for helping me through a hard week. But, God, you're always so available. Even when times are rough. No, especially when times are rough. Thank you for being so near to me. See, as we express gratitude for God, and I said this last week, this is a learning process for me, for all of us. We're just learning how to do this. We always need to be asking ourselves, what does this blessing or this gift or this thing tell me about who God is? And then thank him for it. So when you express gratitude to God, and last week we talked about how helpful it can be to write things out just as a concrete way of slowing down and sorting through your enumeration of all the ways that God has blessed you, things to thank God for. As you do this, take the additional step, this passage encourages us, to connect the dots from concrete blessings to the character of God. Because genuine faith, a genuine relationship with God, always looks for the person behind the provision. Is always looking for the heart of God that is guiding and directing His hands. But oh, aren't we people that are so obsessed with the hand of God? What have you done for me lately, God? What have you given to me? And only being able to see his provisions, never seeing them or not seeing them enough as an overflow of his person. And you see, if we get this right, if we learn how to do this, then it starts to help us to avoid treating God as if he were just a vending machine. God, give me this and give me that and thank you for giving this and thank you for giving that. I mean, even in our friendships, Don't we long for people to come to us and say, just thank you for being a friend instead of thanks for making me look good in front of my colleagues. Thanks for making my life a lot easier. Thank you you for making me feel better about myself. Who wants a friend that expresses gratitude like that? In the same way, it delights God's heart for us to say to him, yes, thank you for the gift, but thank you from where that gift came from. Your character, your nature, who you are. And this also helps us to be grateful even during hard times. 
Craig Barnes, who's a theologian and author, put it so helpfully this way. I was thinking about this quote over the last two weeks. Let me read it for you. Being thankful, he says, is not telling God you appreciate the fact that your life is not in shambles. If that is the basis of your gratitude, that things are just going well and my life isn't a wreck, then you are on slippery ground. Every day of your life, you face the possibility that a blessing in your life may be taken away. But blessings are only signs of God's love. The real blessing, of course, is the love itself. Whenever we get too attached to the sign, we lose our grasp on the God who gave it to us. We lose our grasp on the God who gave it to us. We're not ultimately grateful that we are still holding our blessings. We are grateful that we are held by God even when the blessings are slipping through our fingers. Let me read those two sentences again. We are not ultimately grateful, if we're doing this rightly in Thanksgiving, not ultimately grateful that we are still holding our blessings. We're grateful that we are held by God, even when our blessings are slipping through our fingers. When we're falling in love with the character of God, which certainly does overflow to many concrete forms of blessings, count them in your lives. It gives you this unique ability to weather the storms and go through dark times and walk through dark valleys because you're able to say, the measure of my love is not just the evidence of God's love that I see in front of me today, It's the character of God that I've come to know over time and have experienced. And most of all, in the ultimate expression of the steadfast love of God and the faithfulness of God in his son, Jesus Christ. That if ever I come to a point of doubting the love of God for me, Even in a hard time, I can look around and look to the cross and say, yes, yes, indeed. He loves me. And even when his goodness seems dim and even dark to me, I can look to the cross, his death and resurrection to me and for me and say, yes, God is good to me. Who can be against me? Friends, when was the last time, if ever, that you've said to God, I love you, whether or not you give me what I want? Because you've already proven your kindness to me time and time again. And we train our hearts to speak that way when we learn to see every concrete blessing in front of us as an extension of the heart of God. Thanking God for who he is and not just for what he gives. But secondly, thanking God for answers to prayer. Verse 3 says this, On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. David's thinking about this specific time, apparently. Something concrete. On the day I called, he's remembering a specific time of need when he brought before God some prayer, some longing, some desire. 
And he said, God responded to me. Thank you. God answered me. Thank you. And look, listen, friends, sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. And sometimes God says yes, but. But God always responds to our prayers. He always gives himself and brings himself near to our needs, is always present, is always providing, even if what he gives us and how he responds to us is in accordance to what we need and not always to what we want. According to what we need and not always according to what we may have specifically asked him for. Let me modify even what I just said. That for some reason, we do tend to think that God is only answer to, allowed to answer prayers in yes or no fashion. Where does that come from? I'm not really sure. When we say, does God answer prayer? We think it's a multiple choice kind of deal. Is it yes or is it no? And those are the only allowable answers. Friends, prayer is not, or at least should not be, a multiple choice question that we bring to God. It should be a fill-in-the-blank question that we bring to God. And if all you want is just a yes, you don't want a God, you want a yes man. You want a rubber stamp. You just want what you want. But David is reminding us that what God gives us is himself and himself is a kind and compassionate heavenly father that loves his children. When they come to him full of need and full of trust, when we say, look, I don't know what to do with this situation and I'm out of resources to address this or this part of my life is falling apart. I've got nowhere else and no one else to go to, but you, daddy, can you help? And he always responds. He always responds. And if we start approaching prayer this way, then, oh, dear brothers and sisters, we really do start to see how much God really does respond to our prayers. I'm just learning personally how to do this, how to keep track of the way that God answers and reacts and responds. And, and I'm personally learning that it's one of the greatest joys that I'm seeing. Even in the past two years, as we have been building this church community, uh, church planting, starting up a new thing like this and gathering people like you, and it brings you to your knees. Oh man, I, I don't know if I've ever felt so dependent upon God in every way and so motivated to pray, even though I still have a, a huge amount of growth to grow in in this area. But I feel like I have seen more answers to prayer in the last two or three years than I had in the last 10 years combined. And simply because I was looking for ways and expecting ways that God would respond. 
and just seeing it in little ways and big ways, provisions, whether if it's things like a roof over our heads or people's lives being changed or someone putting their trust in Jesus for the first time or someone wrestling with an area of struggle or hardship in their lives and seeing God comfort, sometimes through the body of Christ, the community, sometimes in a conversation that I have with them, sometimes me as the recipient and Paul and myself experiencing the comfort of all of you, My goodness, if you have eyes to see it, and if you're willing to let God answer with the the fill-in-the-blank answer and not just a multiple-choice answer, God gives us eyes of faith to see that He is everywhere and He's on the move in your life, in my life. I feel like my soul has been enlarged. In learning to see God answer prayer and giving thanks to Him for it. In fact, that's exactly what the psalm tells us happens when we give thanks to God for answers to prayer. Verse 3, he said, On the day I called, you answer me. My strength of soul, you increased. You've strengthened my soul. I've prayed and you responded. And so I'm encouraged. I prayed, you respond. And I feel stronger. In other words, literally it says, you made me bold in my soul. You increased my boldness to ask for even bigger things. Because you answered the little thing. You increased my boldness to believe that just if I keep persevering in this prayer, maybe you will actually come through because I've seen the ways that you have come through. You've increased my boldness. You've enlarged my soul, my capacity to wait on you patiently, even though it hurts sometimes. Because I know you're inclined to hear when your son or your daughter cries out to you. You increase my boldness, my strength to ask and to ask and to ask and to expect and to expect, and to expect. We're learning to thank God for answers to prayer. And thirdly, and lastly, David directs us to thank God for help in hard times. For help in hard times. Look at verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. Friends, we live our lives every day, as this psalm says, in the midst of trouble. And some of you are in a real, real season of trouble. Just the struggles that I know that some of you are going through now. Maybe it felt like you had to drag yourself here this morning. Maybe you weren't so sure that you wanted to come. Others of you, it may not be so bad right now, but it still pecks away at life and energy and your ability to persevere. David reminds us of the value and the richness of thanking God for the ways in which he helps us in hard times. And not just after the fact when everything is all right, but even in the midst of it because he's in the midst of us and our trials. Because he's here. 
Because He is with you. We're about to step into the Christmas season. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the one who walks through the valley of the shadow of death with us, indeed even for us, taking our darkness upon Himself. This is the story of Jesus. A God who's not a stranger to affliction and trouble and fear and hardship and a broken body and a stressed mind and lost relationship and abandonment and despair and discomfort. All these things go down the list. What is this trouble in your life? Your God knows where you are. He's felt it in Himself, even in His own flesh. This is the glory of Christmas. God is in the midst of our troubles, reminding us that we're not alone or isolated or fighting these battles on our own. And He's preserving and protecting us. You preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, David says. You know, God doesn't always take us out of our troubles. Or he doesn't always remove troubles out of my life. But he will protect us and preserve us. He will give us strength that we need. What can it look like for you with wise eyes wide open to see the kindness of God even in a time of severe trial? Uh, to see the workings of God even in a hard time in a dark valley where you can still see the evidence of God and cling to the character of God. Remember, even in the last couple months, uh, lots of uh, curveballs that were thrown our way, Paula, myself, and Elena. And uh, when Paula had her health episode that landed her in the emergency room and undergoing emergency surgery, it was hard and emotional and frightening and something you don't wish upon yourself or upon anyone else. But through it all, and credit to God, we had this deep sense that God had protected us from something far worse. That somehow, even in this incredibly intense medical crisis, that we know for certain it could have been far worse. And this strange sense of conviction, and could I even call it peace, that we shared that God was kind to us, even in this that he perhaps preserved us from something because he's always preserving us from things we don't even know to say thank you because it didn't happen because he was protecting us. And not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally, mentally, in different ways. Hard times, physical challenges, times of stress, financial need, relational needs, loneliness... Fears for your life, maybe. Emotional struggles, spiritual struggles. Fighting against an area of weakness spiritually that you just feel like you're not finding any victory. 
Gratitude and suffering doesn't mean living in denial. doesn't mean suppressing our feelings. doesn't mean ignoring the realities. It doesn't certainly mean thanking God for evil and in life, evil in our lives. It means being honest. It means bringing all these things to God in a way where we, in the way where we start to see Him present and walking with us, even in small and hard to see ways. And our greatest confidence that he works this way is the evidence of the ways in which he walked through our trouble, preserving our life, stretching out our hands against the wrath of the enemy of sin in the death of his son on our behalf. This God who, in the midst of our deepest trouble, our trouble with himself, because of the rebellion of our hearts, because of our inability to do right, to love God and neighbor perfectly, the ways in which we fail daily, to know that God has preserved our lives in Jesus. To be able to say thank you to Him for His right hand of deliverance on the cross. And to say that, God, if you would do that, why would you drop the ball now And stop protecting me from all other kinds of harm. Why would you stop preserving my life? Why would you start getting sloppy in your care of your child for whom you gave up everything? Sacrificed everything, even in your most treasured possession, your son. Would you not also preserve and protect me well? Would you not also now and today in this hard time be present with me? It's a hard thing. It's not an easy thing. We can talk about it in a second in our Q&A. But the grace of God teaches us to thank God for help, His help in hard times. As it does, thanking God for answers to our prayers and thanking God for who He is and not just what he gives. It's a strange thing, a powerful thing, thanksgiving. It's the greatest gift because it results in our joy and in God's glory. We get the joy, and God gets the gratitude, the glory. How about that for a relationship? How about that? Do you want more of that? Some of you are starting to taste it. Some of you are here because you want to. Let's ask that God would do that. Give us more thanksgiving in our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, we look to you as our great teacher. Uh, nobody thanked the Father like you did, Jesus. Uh, and in you, we have every reason to be gra- uh, full of gratitude, thankful to you. Uh, we do want joy in you, and we want you to get the glory. So teach us to say thank you. Thanks for doing that even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song that teaches.